what we are doing is a, this Kicking It Old School is a back to the basics course for those of us who grew up in the church, grew up in kids ministry. There are some foundational biblical things that we learned as kids that we sometimes need to be reminded of or we need to uh, progress or grow in our understanding of those things. For those of you who did not grow up in the church, this is a catch-up course for you to look at four different things that we learned foundationally. And so those of you who are here in the room this morning, welcome to Friendship. How are you doing? Good to see you. Those who are watching online, hello. Glad that you are with us as well. Um, so we are getting, uh, this is week three of our Back to the Basics course, and we are uh, uh, speaking of going back to kids' church, we sing a song that we learn in kids' church every week. It, it's interesting because I've, I've been getting some requests of songs to sing, <laughs> and um, sorry that I'm not able to accommodate all of those things, um, but uh, this, this morning we've got uh, a song. I don't know if you guys are ready for, for Boom Boom Cats. I don't know if y'all are ready for this or not. I don't know if y'all, because we didn't learn it as Boom Boom Cats, but uh, that's, that's what it is now. And so maybe you've heard this song. I, I don't know if y'all are ready for it or not. Y'all, y'all ready for it? You ready for Boom Boom Cats? Uh, no, I don't think you are, but we'll see. Let's see. See if you remember the song. <laughs> hallelujah, 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 praise Jesus. There we go. We got some that have heard it. The, the boys did the hallelujah, and the girls did the praise you the Lord. So let's try that. Here we go, boys. The girls are on it. Here we go. Come on, boys. All right, girls, you again. Cash, give yourselves a big hand. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Miss Angie. Okay, that's enough. Thank you. <laughs> she was singing like other choruses. I didn't even know there were other verses to it. What are you doing? All right. We have already talked about in week one the image of God. We were created in the image of God. We believe in the creation story, and we believe that we were created in the image of God, so why do we look outside of God to find out our worth or who we are or our purpose? We have to look to the one um, that we were made in the image of. Last week, we talked about our foundation of walking with the Lord, simple things that that Christians do. We uh, read our Bible, we pray, we go to church, we hang out with Christian friends, just foundational stuff uh, that we do to grow in the Lord. And this week, we're going to talk about something. So th- this was me whenever I went to a kid's church, even at five years old. You go to church, and you've always got two things with you, ready to go to Sunday school or ready to go to church. You, you got your Bible with you, okay? And then what else did you bring with you? BGMC barrel, that's right. Or, as I heard in here, offering, right? 
You brought your tithe. You brought your offering. How many of you brought tithes and offerings as a kid? I was a pastor's son. I had to. So absolutely, you bring your tithes and your offerings. And I remember in the morning getting out of the car. I didn't have a job yet. I was five. But getting out of the car, my mom would hand me that $1 bill, and I was the richest kid in the world. (laughs) And I was going to go, and I was going to take that to church because that was my offering. And I just remember I was so happy to have a dollar one whole dollar, and then I would take it to church, and not only did I have a dollar, but I was giving this dollar to Jesus himself, (laughs) and I didn't know what Jesus was going to do with a dollar, but he was going to do something with it. I knew that, and I was excited to see what God was going to do, and so, but we were learning as children to be givers or to be generous, and so that's what I want to talk about this morning is being generous, so 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you have your Bibles. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to read a couple other verses as well, but that's my main text this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you don't have your Bibles, we have it on the, on the screen, of course, so we can follow along. Paul has been talking, uh, he talked in chapter 8 about giving, about being generous. He continues through, um, through the majority of chapter 9 as well to talk about giving. I don't want to read two whole chapters for you, but I did focus in on seven or eight verses or something. So um, instead of two whole chapters, seven verses, that's pretty good, right? So seven verses, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to start in verse 6. It says, it says this, remember this, a, fa- a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So I think that most of us in this room understand what he's saying, whether you're a farmer or not, and I, I'm not a farmer. But I understand if you throw a few seeds out, only a few things are going to grow. But if you plow a whole field, then uh, more than likely you're going to get a whole field of return. We all understand this, yes? Whether we're a farmer or not. I mean, that, that's a simple enough principle to understand. You can either, if you, if you sow sparingly, as, as the part says, you will reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you will reap uh, a generous crop. Verse 7. You must each decide with that in mind, understanding that principle in mind, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Not if you're going to give. You're going to decide how much you're going to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So I'm not not going to twist your arm this morning, okay? Some of you are already a little anxious because I'm talking about giving, okay? No one's twisting your arm here, okay? I'm not going to do that. We we don't have like a meeting individually with one of you after this, okay? There's not, like that's not going to happen, okay? He wants you to give, not reluctantly and not because someone's twisting your arm, but he wants you to give generously from a cheerful uh, mindset or a cheerful heart. Give cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Now, I completely understand that there are different seasons in our life. Sometimes we're on kind of low seasons and we need some help. Sometimes we're on higher seasons and we can be a little more generous with what we have. But it says that God will generously provide all you need. Maybe not all of your wants. Maybe not any of your wants. But he will provide all of your needs. And let's be honest, we live in the United States of America. So if we're going to compare ourselves with the rest of the world... The Lord has been very generous to us. Can I get an amen for that? 
So it is very easy to compare ourselves to those who are living in mansions in, in downtown Houston or wherever. Uh, what's that place called? River? Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, it, we can compare ourselves to them and say, well, I don't have any, so I can't be generous. Well, I mean, if, if you're going to compare one way, you've got to compare both ways. And so let's not compare at all. The Lord has been very generous to us. Generally speaking, how many of you would agree with that, that the Lord is very generous to us? Amen. So he will provide all that we need. Verse 9, as the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Have you ever had someone um, in your life give you something that was, that was unexpected and maybe it was very, very generous, over the top, Someone bought you a car or someone paid for something, whatever it was. Some of you have this person in your head. Well, why do you remember them? Because the scripture says that their good deeds will be remembered forever. Like we remember when someone does something incredibly generous to us, don't we? On the flip side, can you think of people who have been incredibly stingy with you? They could have helped you, but they chose not to. You remember those people? The hard thing to realize is that though we have memories of both of those people, there are people in our lives who have memories of us and what we have done to them. And so that is, that is such an understanding that God wants us to be generous because our deeds are going to be remembered forever. We're going to remember us for what we do. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 as we move on. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then provide a great harvest of generosity in you. This verse right here, actually, this, this principle of what this verse is talking about is actually everything that we hang our Christian faith on. So you want to talk about back to basics and, and old school and this is what we remember? This is We hang everything on the principle of this verse right here, okay? This is the foundation of why we do everything. Why do we forgive other people? Because God forgave us. Why do we witness to other people? Because God sent someone to witness to us. Why do we love other people? Because God loves us. And so then why do we give generously? Because God gives generously. That's what we hang everything on what what we do, because God gives generously to us. That's, that's why we do anything. That's why we do everything. We don't do, every, we don't do anything because it's, quote, the right thing to do. That's not a reason to do it, because everybody's right thing to do is different. Look at our political landscape. There's like two opposites, and both are making or are, are doing things based on what they think is the right thing to do. We don't do things based on what we think is right to do. We do everything based on what God has done for us. Why do we forgive? Well, because it's the right thing to do. Well, we can, we can justify some circumstances that it's not the right thing to do. So it's not because of what's right or wrong. We forgive because God forgave. We love because God loved. And we give, not because it's the right thing to do, but because God gives. Everything we do is based on this. For God who provides seed for the farmer, 
God provides it. He's given it to us. It's not ours. Has anybody else, anybody in this room made seed? No, God does. So everything that we have, it's not ours. It's given to us from God. And then we give out generously because God gives generously to us. Verse 11, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take our gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. You hear this? Two things, we're about to kill two birds with one stone, okay? The needs of the believers in Jerusalem are met, okay? So there are going to be needs that are met. There are going to be people who need money. Ministry can happen. Missionaries can get the funds that they need. Uh, uh, Needs are going to be met. When you give, everything that this church is able to do ministry-wise, anything-wise, turn the lights on, it's because of giving from you. Everything. So when you give, needs are met, okay? That's one thing that happens. The next thing that happens is that they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So not only are needs met, but but glory is given to God. So every time you give, two things happen. Needs are met, God gets the glory. In this one act that you do, two things happen. Actually, not only that, as we continue verse 13, as a result of your ministry— They will give glory to God, for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. So actually, it's three birds with one stone. Not only are needs met, not only is glory given to God, but then you can prove to yourself that the gospel has changed you. If the gospel has changed you, that means you're a different person. I don't want to just hand out money. That's not me. That's not any of us, many of us. No one wants to just give out money, we, we, right? We need money for ourselves. We got to do this. But no one is just looking forward to where can I just throw $1,000? No, no one's doing that. But it says here that all of a sudden, you're, because of the gospel, your heart and your mind is changing that then you start to look to give to the Lord. And that can prove to yourself that you are saved. So when you give... It's not from a you, it's from Christ who is in you that gives. So now when you give, needs are met, God is glorified, and you can be confident in your salvation. One way that you can be confident in your salvation. Like it's uh, an infomercial. But wait, there's more. (laughs) And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. So actually, four things are happening when you give. One action of giving, needs are met, God is glorified, I prove to myself that God has changed me, and it says that they will pray for you with deep affection. The church gets stronger and tighter because we begin to pray for one another. We are thankful for each other. If we're generous to God, we're generous to others. So all four of these things happen by one act of obedience to the Lord. That's pretty great. That's a pretty good return on investment, I think. You do one thing, you give generously to the Lord, needs are met, God is glorified, I prove my salvation to myself, and the church gets stronger and tighter. Imagine if we were a church who generously gave. Imagine if this church, Friendship Church, if we generously gave, what needs can we met? How often could we give glory to God? We can have confidence in our salvation in the Lord. 
and we get stronger and tighter as a church. That's what being generous is. That's what being a, a giver is. Some of the happiest people I know are givers. How many of you can amen that probably? You think of the people in your life who are happy, they're givers. They understand this, that because they have been given so much, they want to give to others. So some of the happiest people I know are givers. And some of the saddest, angriest, meanest, stingiest, always as a victim people I know are penny-pinching hoarders. <laughs> I'm sorry, but is that not true? The people who are envelope holding, I can't do anything. I can't, I can't do anything. Someone needs to help me because you're always, you're all, there's always a need. There's always something. You're always holding on. Are they not always looking for a reason of why they're in this situation? They play that victim. They're sad. They're angry. They're mean and stingy. It's not universal, but it's in a lot of ways. So some of the happiest people I know give to the Lord because they understand about generosity. They understand giving. They understand it. So you say, okay, okay, you got me. I want to give. That's, that's what I want to do. I, I, I need to be this person. I want to bless others uh, because God has blessed me. I, I want needs to be met. I want to glorify God. I want to worship. I want to be obedient to the Lord. All right, how do I start? What do I do? What, what do I actually do? All right, well, a couple of things that you do uh, in the Bible to be generous. There's a couple of things, tithes and offerings. So the first thing is tithe. It's the one-tenth of your income given to the storehouse, given to the church. Now, most people think that this is a law thing. Well, you know, that, that was in the Old Testament. That was in the law, right? I mean, the law told you to give. I actually started before the law. This idea of tithing, this idea of first fruits was actually before the law. So if you look at Cain and Abel, they were asked to bring their first fruits to the Lord. That was the second story in the Bible. So that was, that was pretty early on. Abraham brought a tenth of his possessions to Melchizedek. Jacob made an oath to the Lord, he says, to remember the tithe. All of these are in Genesis. This is way before Moses. So there was, um, before the law, this idea of tithe was understood by those who serve the Lord. But let's go to the main verse that most people understand or know when we're talking about tithing. That's Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. So normally when you think of tithing, uh, this is where we go. So this is what it says in the NLT. It says, will a mere mortal rob God? I love how the NLT says that. Like every other uh, uh, translation says man. The NLT says mere mortal. <laughs> like who are you <laughs> to defy God, you mere mortal? I don't know, maybe I'm the one, only one that thinks that is funny, but I think it's funny. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes, and offerings. This is strong language from the Lord. No one wants to be a thief. No one wants to rob. So he says, how are we robbing you? You're robbing me in tithes and offerings. That tenth that, was, that has been a tradition in the church for thousands of years, command of the Lord in the Old Testament. Verse 9 says, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. That's need being met, right? The storehouse is the church, so that's need being met. Food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven 
and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. So two things here. It seems that giving of the tithe is directly connected to the blessings of God. It always astounds me when people do not walk in the principles of God and then wonder why they're not blessed by God. Do I need to say that again? It, it, It astounds me that people who do not walk in the principles of God then wonder why they're not blessed by God. Here he's connecting this this idea of tithe, bringing your tithe, to blessings. And then, that's the next thing. It doesn't say, give your tithe. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. If you were to come and knock on my door, and you were to say, hey, uh, I'm mowing my lawn over here, and then I went to go weed eat, and my weed eater's broken. Can I borrow your weed eater so I can finish up my yard? And I say, yeah, sure, here you go. So you take it and you weed eat your yard, and then you come back and you knock on my door and you say, hey, I want to give you a weed eater. No, you're not giving me a weed eater. That's my weed eater. <laughs> don't act like you just went to Lowe's and bought me a weed eater, okay? You didn't give, you don't give it. You, what do you say? I'm bringing you back your weed eater. I'm bringing it back to you. You're not giving me anything that's already mine. So what God is saying here is that I have provided for you and that 10% is mine. So you're not giving that to me out of your money. You are bringing back what is mine back to me. Does that make sense? You bring the tithe back to me. And what he says is, if you bring me back the 10, I will bless your 90. I don't know about you, but I would much rather work with a blessed 90% than a cursed 100%. (laughs) I want to work, I want to operate and run my life on 90% that is blessed as opposed to 100% that is cursed. I want to do what God tells me to do. And the thing is, we learn this principle as a child. We learn this principle as a child. When you were a kid and you did something like you did some yard work in the yard or you did some whatever, you got an allowance, whatever, and you would get 10 bucks, right? You get $10.00. And then your parents would say, no, we need, we need to tithe, right? We need to bring to the Lord. What is the Lord's, right? So what do you do? So you, you're five, six, seven. Okay, well, how much do I give to the Lord? You got to give him one. You say, one? God gets this, and I get all this as a six-year-old? I'm pretty happy, right? Are you sure that's all God gets? Here, God, I'll give you two. Maybe not. I don't know. All right? So that's what you did when you were five, six, seven, learning this. Then you became a teenager. And you started making a little bit more money, a little bit more money, and so you would make $100, if I can get them all out here. You'd make $100, and so, because you worked at Sonic, or you worked at, I don't know, whatever. Um, so you get 100 bucks, and so your, your dad says, now remember, you got to tie to the Lord. Okay, well, let's see, with tie, let's see, 100 bucks, how much am I supposed to give? You give one. We understand this, right? We understand this as a kid. We understood this as a teenager that I give this to the Lord, and then I get to keep this. Teenagers, you're like, all right, sounds good. I can do that. I can give them 10 bucks. Not, not that big a deal. Then we become adults, and we start making a little bit more money, okay? So we have about $1,000, and so someone says, starts talking about giving. Someone starts talking about the tithe. And you say, how much are you supposed to give? You're supposed to give one of these. $100? Am I supposed to give $100 in the offering? Are you insane? 
Are you crazy? I can't give $100. I can't do that. Hey, listen, i, I got to get the baby shoes, right? First of all, baby don't wear shoes. All right, stop it. <clears throat> we come up with all excuses of the things that we got. It. We, I have to have this money. Well, what has changed since you were five years old? Anything? Nothing has changed. This is the age, oh, this, was the, this is the first thing Satan did, or the snake. He came to Adam and Eve and showed them what they didn't have as opposed to what they did have. And he put the focus on what they were lacking as opposed to what they had. And Eve and Adam fell for it, and we still do today. God has provided so much for us, and all he asks back is what is his in return. To be generous, to do what the Lord has for us to do. Second thing we can do is we give an offering. This is giving that goes above our tithe. This goes above our tithe. Now, there's not a number uh, attached to this. There's not a percentage attached to this. There's not a how often you have to do this. This is just out of the overflow of what God has given to you, or if God speaks to you, I want you to give this. This is, off, this is offering that goes above your tithe, and it goes to many, many things. For instance, you want to, you want to give some, some help support the church, and we have what's called a benevolence fund which from time to time we have some families in the church or even outside the church that need some help, and we as a church are able to, to help them with some. Now, we don't just throw money out the door, okay? We are led by the Holy Spirit on who to give and how much to give. But if there's money in that benevolence form or uh, 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 fund, then we are able to do that. So that is something that you could do, maybe, to give into that benevolence fund, or if we have any overflow from the general fund, uh, we're able to do that. We can have an account that's specified for that purpose to relieve certain people in times of situations. Another example is of offering. A couple weeks ago, we gave backpacks to Taylor Ray Elementary School. Those were offerings. You didn't have to give. No one was forcing you to give. But I gave the opportunity that there was uh, a school that needed some help. They needed backpacks, school supplies. So you gave, either went out with your own money and bought backpacks or bought school supplies, or you sent us money. And then Becky and I went to HEB, and we bought backpacks and school supplies and brought them home and we had our girls line up with an assembly line and put supplies in backpacks. It was kind of a fun little moment for the fifth and family there. Uh, and then we went and were able to give it to um, Taylor Ray Elementary. So you guys gave 30 kids who would not normally have a backpack or supplies. Through your offering, you were able to bless. Needs were met. So God was glorified. Proves our salvation and the church gets tighter, right? I think even putting a... Offering, I would consider offering uh, giving to fundraisers in the church. A couple weeks ago, we had a spaghetti dinner for the ladies. We've got Royal Rangers that's coming up. We have different times that, that ministries uh, in the church do something to raise some funds. That's an offering. We're giving to the Lord. You're not just buying spaghetti. You're giving money to a ministry so that they're able to do that. No one's twisting your arm on a certain price to give or whatever, but you're able to do that through your funds. That's offering. Proverbs 11.25, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. There are times in our life that we are the ones that need refreshing. And I am thankful for generous people in the church who see that and are able to do that. 
because then there are times that those reverse that those situations might be reversed. And so we want to be the generous people who give to others. I remember I was in a youth service as a teenager, and I um, our youth pastor um, gave an opportunity for an offering. I can't remember what the offering was for, but um, gave an opportunity to give into an offering. I'm a, a teenager, 16, 17-year-old, and I heard a, a voice uh, say to give. That's all I heard, just say to give. Now you say, well, how do you know that the Lord was speaking to you? Um, because a teenager boy does not want to give anything to anybody, okay? So if you hear something in your heart or in your mind that is the opposite of what you want to do, generally speaking, that's probably the Lord talking to you, okay? So maybe that'll help you out just a little bit. I didn't want to give, but I heard give. I'm like, all right. So I get my wallet out, and I open it up, and there's one bill in there, and it's a 20. And I said, come on, there's got to be a five in here somewhere, you know, kind of like looking around. Nope, I got a 20, so that's what I give. Take out the 20, I, I give it, I give it to, the, to the Lord, to the, to the offering. After church, we were all going to McDonald's. Uh, the, the youth group were going to go uh, eat at McDonald's. And so I drive up, I was the last, one of the last ones there, and I could see in the window that there was a long line to order at the counter. So I thought, I'll be smart, I'll go through the drive-thru, order my food, and then go inside. So I go through the drive-thru, I order my food, and as I leave, I realize I don't have any money. I just ordered my food. And it's one of those lanes where you can't get out. Like, you're in the lane. Like, here you are, I'd have to drive through shrubbery to get out, okay? So I, I can't. Like, I'm there. And so now I got two cars in front of me, and I'm just awaiting the embarrassment of talking to this woman um, that, hey, I just ordered food, don't have any money. And so I drive up. And there's the lady there, and, and I said, I'm so sorry. I ordered food uh, for me and my sister, and um, I don't have any money. And so the lady says, oh, it's okay. The guy in front of you bought your food. And I said, are you serious? And she says, yep, here's your food, and hands it to me. So I look ahead at the car in front of me, and I notice that that car had parked over here. So I said, I'm going to figure out who this is. I wanted to thank them, so I pull, I pull around next to him, and I look in, and it's a man named C.T. Phillips, who was a youth sponsor at our church, and had just heard a message on giving, and had heard, so he wanted to give, and he saw me behind him, and paid for my food. I thought, I said, C.T., what are you doing? He said, just wanted to be a blessing, man, you know. Thank you, because I didn't have any money. <laughs> I was so grateful for what he did. Now, I'm not telling you that every single time you put a 20 <laughs> in the offering that someone's paying for Texas Roadhouse. That's, that's not what I'm saying, okay? Like, that's not the specific lesson that I'm saying. I am saying that Proverbs 11.25 says that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. It's the principle, it's the general, I'm going to be generous. And so God is like, I see you, Adam. I see what you did. And he, to us, he says, I see you. I see you being generous. Another way to give, a very important way to give is missions. One of the things that Becky and I talked about in a, in a church that we wanted to come to was a missions-given church. And that is one place that we have found in Friendship Church. This is a missions-given church. It is something that is obviously near and dear to my heart, being missionary to the Netherlands for three years. Um, did you know that we give, Friendship Church, we give to 88 different missionaries or missions projects, Assemblies of God, both home and foreign, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
this church right here, 88 different ones. What does that mean? That means that your fingerprints are in Greece, Russia, Malawi, Hungary, Nicaragua, Chile, Uganda, Iraq, Thailand, university campuses like Sam Houston State and Rice. Your fingerprints are there to lead others to Jesus Christ. And the only way we can do that is with our giving generously. Acts 13, verse 2 says, One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. That sent them on their way was not, you know, they gave them a pat on the backside and said, go get them. No, no, no. That sent them on their way, that meant they financially provided the way for them to travel and build churches, spread the gospel. That was a financial, they sent them on their way. Here's money, go do what God's telling us to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. So this act of missions is very biblical. And it's done by our giving, by our being generous. I'm thankful for those of us who, who learned this as a child and we continue to grow in our understanding of this. We, with our giving, needs are met. God is glorified. We can be confident in our salvation because our heart is changing and the church becomes stronger and tighter just by understanding this concept of generosity. And so I'd like to take just a couple of minutes and spend some time in prayer. You don't have to get up. Everybody can just stay where they are. We're just going to pray briefly here for just a couple of minutes. And I just want you to ask the Lord, God, I want to be a generous person. I want to be a giver. I know we, we immediately think of what's in our bank account or what's not in our bank account, whatever. We're not talking about a specific number here. We're just talking about, I just want to be generous. Help me to learn this principle because I want to meet needs. I want to glorify God. I want to prove my salvation and I want to make the church tighter and stronger. So take just a couple of minutes here and pray to yourself about the generosity. Maybe thank God for his generosity, but then also ask God to help you in your generosity. Let's take just a couple of minutes and let's pray. God, we thank you for your generosity to us. Thank you for all that you provide for us, that you give to us. Lord, you provide the seed for the sower. You say in Corinthians, you provided it for us. And so we hang everything we do based on what you have done for us. You forgive us, you love us, so we forgive and love others. You have generously given to us, so God, we give as well. Help us to be generous people, people who learn from your model of generosity, and that we do the same thing as well. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's what I'd like, you to, like us to do. I'd like to give you an opportunity to give. If, if I had just preached a message about encouraging other people with words, what I would do is I would say, now before you leave today, encourage three people with words, right? You preach a sermon and then you give opportunity for it. If I was preaching this morning on salvation, I would give a salvation altar call. What you preach on, then you give opportunity for that. Well, 
I preached on giving and I preached on generosity. I'm going to give you a chance to give. And so uh, in just a moment, in just a moment, our ushers are going to come forward. We're going to give, give you a chance to give in our, uh, give in our tithes and our offerings. Um, and so a couple ways to give. First of all, you can give uh, in check and cash is fine. You put in the offering plate here. There's another way to give, and I, and I want to take just a couple of minutes to explain this way to give as well, that you can give online, whether you're watching online, or you can give on your phone. So I want to kind of walk through this for, for a second and show you how to do this, because I'm not sure if, if anyone's been shown how to do it. So even if you don't do, do it this way this morning, you can see how easy it is, and then maybe look at it. So let's, let's look at this video here real quick. So what you do is you type in uh, the numbers, uh, you type in 76959 to your phone, and we're going to text that number, and then you're going to text the word friendship. So 76959, and then you type in the word friendship, and you go. And then you wait two or three seconds, and a link is going to pop up, and then you'll click on that link. You click on that, it sends us to our friendship page, okay? So donation amount, which there's a cover charge that, that it asks if you want to pick up or if you want the church to pick up. That's fine, either one. I picked yes, so you enter amount, 10 bucks, all right? So I'm going to give $10. Uh, there's your total donation amount there because I picked up the processing fee. Would you like this to be a, recur, a recurring donation? You pick yes or no. I want it to recur. Then you put in your credit card information. I'm not going to show you mine, okay? You put in your credit card information, and then you put in your account details. Now, depending on the settings on your phone, it might save it for the next time. So you can do that. Then you go down here to this Dropbox, okay? And there's several options that you can give. You can obviously put this in tithes or general. You can give to Sunday school. This is a way that you can give to missions, especially with reoccurring. That's good. Uh, you can give to the building fund. You can even give to this benevolence fund, as I spoke to earlier. Sometimes we're able to give uh, money to people in the church or outside the church. Bless them who are having a tough time. We actually have a fund for that, so you can do that. Uh, there are times that we have a guest speaker. You want to you want to give money to a guest speaker. You didn't come prepared. You can go online and click right there, or you can just click other. Other. We had a, a lady one time that said, "I want to I want to buy donuts." for the, the lobby donuts outside for two months. So how much do you spend on, on money for donuts each week? So we were like, really? Well, okay, well, we spend this much times eight, eight Sundays. And she went in and she uh, went to other, I want to give this much money to pay for the donuts out there. And so she goes over here to this comments and you type in donuts. And we know exactly where that money is going, okay? Or you can write a little sentence. You can write, hey, Jesus loves you. Whatever you want to write in there, okay? Then you come down here and you hit the... Then you hit the button. That's it. So you hit the give. The very next screen is one of those, I am not a robot. You click that one, and it has your credit card information there, and you click send, and you've given. It's that easy. And so um, if you can set that up on your phone later or right now, but it's an easy way to give. I give reoccurring because I want to make sure that it is, that it is given every single month. Uh, some people, you like to hold that money in your hand and put it in. That's fine. That's completely fine. But this is a, an option to help out with that, okay? Is that helpful at all? Just to kind of walk through it and look at it, see it a little bit? Okay. If you do need help, further help setting it up, come and, and, and talk to me, and, and I'll help you do that as well. So, But we're going to give to the Lord uh, our tithes and our offerings, uh, anything you'd like to give there. As well, if you're, if you're giving... Uh, there's also offering envelopes that if you wanted to go to benevolence or missions or whatever, you can write it on there or on your check as well. So 
Uh, thank you for being a church that gives. Listen, I know that we're a church that gives because we give to 88 to some of the God missionaries and missions projects around the world. And so um, thank you for your generosity. And so here's a chance to give as well. So men, come forward. If you don't mind, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the chance once again to be generous to you and to who you are. Everything that we're able to do as a church ministry-wise, missions-wise, everything we're able to do is because of generous people like those here in this room, those who are watching online, who give to us. So Lord, just pray that you would bless this offering, bless it to your kingdom. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for coming today. Love you guys so much. What's that? Wednesday night. Oh, thank you, my lovely wife. Wednesday night, Royal Rangers, Girls Ministries. Uh, We have small group in here for the adults, youth ministry in there. We'll see you this Wednesday, right? See you Wednesday and see you Sunday.